Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Food and Philosophy Podcast. Today I am sitting down for an interview with Solbra from my time in Costa Rica. My time in Costa Rica was amazing and it was even better when I got to meet Solbra, go surfing with him and get to know more about his lifestyle and how he cultivated such a great audience as well as just amazing things that he does for everyone as far as providing shorts that are not polyester and providing a community in the soul club that is improving people's lives so thank you soul for spending time with me and for sitting down for this interview i think you guys will really enjoy this one esoteric health spirituality consciousness all the rest of it peace setup setup for podcasts is always something you should really take some time with because i've done podcasts where you have the whole hour and a half two hour conversation and then it's just unusable audio or some bs happens so i also think like if you don't have a good setup and you just have a microphone that sucks it's like hard to listen yes to be honest so i'm happy we got a good setup here open air can't really complain about that yep beautiful view uh natural lighting no lights on inside i always get a bit of a kick out of seeing health podcasts where they're indoors under artificial blue light uh while they're recording of course some situations you need a studio but i want to make a studio that's outdoor somehow configure the walls and windows so that you don't get wind noise or set up wind breaks or something uh so that you can have a conversation outside actually i think i heard of uh chris williamson wanting to do something where he was like in Antarctica or something like out in the wild. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but that would be an it's interesting a little cold podcast. For a podcast. <laughs> yeah. A regular thing at least. I'm down for it at least maybe once. Yeah. How are you liking Costa Rica so far? Can you see yourself living here full time? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the lifestyle that we've been doing, which I was in Costa Rica in a different area a couple months ago for about a month and the level of vitality that you feel just being in this environment and having the simple life of swimming in the ocean twice a day lots of sun there's no stress a lot lower emf and you still have access to the high quality food and uh you know coffee and things that i do enjoy as well uh, it's not totally primitive living uh so i could de- like it's paradise in in a lot of ways and i'm blessed to be able to uh do the kind of work online that enables me location freedom so I could definitely see myself living here. Do you get tired of traveling a lot or how do you view traveling versus staying in one location for an extended period of time, getting into routine and how does that <laughs> equate to your work being on the move? Yeah. So at the moment, the first part of your question, uh, I love traveling. Uh, otherwise I wouldn't do it, you know, uh, I'm so blessed and grateful to be in the position that, you know, with filming the vlogs, with my supplements and and other things that I can do that and still travel and still gain momentum through the work and business, which is like if, if traveling all the time threw me off in terms of that, of my building life purpose, all the rest of it, then I would do it less frequently. Um, But it hasn't been the case. And I've been able to experience so many different things, meet different people in different areas of the world, see different health things that inspire content for me or just life experiences that change me as a person for the better uh that i i love it and i don't see myself like there are seasons of everything 
there are seasons for having your exact routine. And this is what I did when I was first building everything up. If I was traveling all the time while trying to get Solbra off the ground, then that wouldn't have worked. It's just, you know, not something to emulate when you're at the point of initial zero to one momentum. It is better to be in one spot where you have your food sorted. You don't have to worry about that. Uh, your expenses are a little bit lower because you're at home cooking for yourself. Gym is likely close by all of these things which promote quality of life, enable routine and enable you to have a predictable schedule so that you can block out times of the day to do the things that you need to do to progress in whatever your chosen goal is. And that doesn't have to be a business or it can be a sport or whatever it is, but the routine, the habit, the things that you do most frequently, you become better at. Like the body optimizes for the things that you do every day, positive or negatively. So building a routine and why people like routine is because they get better at the things in routine. There's there's no wrenches in the works and things. It's just like focus, consistent, time to build, improve with no variation. I think within those cycles though, you still do need variation. Like once a week, twice a week, you don't even have to put a number on it, but build some part of your routine that is open to non-routine things. So let's say free time and not everything is scheduled out because the other side of the routine and predictability is that it offers no room for magic to happen, to meet new people, be in new places, to forge new connections. Even as something as simple as going for a walk, uh, you can put yourself in fate's path where there can be opportunities given to you if you're in your room grinding all the time, there's a, a time for that and we need to be at our computer for some of the time, but you're not living life as well. Like, again, periods, seasons, I've done both. And I think depending where you are on your journey, I'm, I'll have likely some sort of more focused routine period uh, soon once I get back to Australia in order to finish off the larger projects like my book and other stuff like that. That's one of the things I've noticed like hanging around you is your freedom with what you do as far as not being so structured because I think for myself I was very regimented for a long time and that helped me to start growing but then at the same time I felt like I was closing myself off from a lot of social settings that would have been beneficial to me even if it was just like going out with friends. I think one of the main factors of health is having that social connection just being able to be like open with how you're feeling and express your opinions so if you're staying in your room even though it is good to get a good night's sleep i think there's a lot of detriment to just isolating yourself socially so for you like how did you kind of come to that realization or you always been the kind of guy that went out and kind of was unstructured with the way you lived uh i wouldn't even say that i'm and not unstructured, but like you kind of just let it flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's letting it flow totally. And even at the macro level of where I'm going to travel to next, like just seeing where the opportunities come up. My friends say, hey, I'm going to be in this area. At this time, I make that work. Maybe there's an event on. Uh, that sort of thing. Now I'm just like totally open to all of it. And it's been flowing incredibly well, as it always does when you kind of surrender to this path uh, and you have that intuitive connection. But... <clears throat> I think that there is a benefit. Well, there, isolation and loneliness is the number one predictor of early death for humans. So 
what does that say about our health? That social connection is the best, most important thing on that hierarchy. Uh, that's not to justify... It's like social connection good. Some of the vehicles through which we traditionally get social connection, drinking, drugs, partying, doesn't necessarily... Like fast food doesn't necessarily have to be the way that you get these valuable things. Social connection of hitting the gym with your friends, social connection of cooking dinner at home uh, with ho good home-cooked food, like that is also an option and I think should be woven into the isolative monk mode thing. But it's also easier. It is also easier when you're really you're not particularly sure. Like I think you should reward, reward yourself somewhat with social interaction once you've done the work, which has to be done by yourself. Like there's so much time and effort that I've put in, it's just me and no one else around, that is inevitably, like even still, inevitably part of the whole process. So if you, I think it's a lot of overanalyzing as like just start whatever it is you want to do. And then if a dinner party comes up two weeks from now that seems exciting with friends that you enjoy and you've done work that day, sure, go for it. Like relaxing and again, experiencing life will bring fresh creativity back to the work of what you're doing or just refresh you in terms of the energy that you've, uh, if you had a lot of introverted energy for a few days working on something, then to expand the other side of you, which is likely atrophied somewhat from the internal thing. And it's like, you don't want to, okay, you grinded for three years in your room and then something happens that completely changes the course of your life don't want to put negative you know negative potentials out there but these things happen to other people and so what you've spent three years kind of placing your happiness on this future date oh then i'll get to experience the good stuff in life it's like the hustle culture kind of thinks in this split way where it's like if you don't grind and don't really have pleasure to do it then you won't achieve success. But you can achieve success, I would argue, at a greater level when you're having experiences that keep you in a higher energetic state rather than the fear-based, got to grind out by myself uh, all the time. Otherwise, success isn't possible. That's a limiting belief. If you believe that success can only happen through working hard and like nose to the grindstone and not enjoying your time on this earth until I've made it, made whatever amount of money in a few years, then... You know, what is that? Honestly, I feel like a lot of success can be brought to like your happiness overall. Just how are you feeling in that specific moment? Like if you're feeling good, you're probably on the right path. So how do you kind of look at that as far as judging? Am I on the right path? Do you, do you view it as happiness? Do you view it as money or Twitter followers? Or what is it for you that kind of gets you going? So it's it's nothing external in terms of the amount of, you know, money or followers or whatever. It's an internal feeling. And it's a feeling that I had the opposite of years ago when I wasn't reaching my full potential and I wasn't doing things that I know I was capable of or I was doing the wrong things that I, deep down I knew it was like, this isn't me, this is not what I want to do, but I had too high of a fear barrier to get through to the next level of effort that I needed to do. The opposite of that, which is the positive side, is doing something that feels right. You don't need to complicate it any more than that because the heart doesn't speak in logic rationalities. It speaks in feeling and knowing. 
and you can just know, oh, that feels right or oh, this feels wrong in anything you do in your life and that's all the rationale you need. Like even extending that principle to making decisions not just about yourself but about another person. If you're talking to them and they sound good and flashy or whatever it is but you just feel something isn't right, then trust that. You don't need any other outside. Into- I've seen people go against their intuitive judgment because, well, logically, I can't see anything wrong, but I can just feel something that I shouldn't do this. And then that later situation turned out negatively. It's, it's this internal guiding system that we all have. I'm using that to determine, for me, what feels like a good move and what I just don't want to do. I don't feel like that's a good move for me. I don't find it enjoyable. Then I just won't do it. And if I can make the most amount of decisions in my day where it feels right and ideally none that really feel deeply wrong to me, then that's the internal compass that I try to follow with my day-to-day choices. I think that's probably the best way that everyone could go about their life. But for me, I think for a while it was was just self-limiting beliefs as far as what I was capable of. And then for other people, it's just they're in situations where they're not able to make the decision that they want. So like if they're stuck in a job that they hate, they just can't go out inside if they wanted to. So how do you, you always can, can. but you can, but but like if you're stuck in a situation that kind of you put yourself in, everyone chooses their own prisons, myself included when I was, let's say relatively imprisoned, but, like that in itself is a limiting belief. Like if people think you just have this job, so therefore you can't do any of the things. Like sure on paper, but it doesn't mean you as a person in this life can't do those things. It's just you have a temporary job which is restricting you. And that's quite bad, you know, for the soul. But how do you how do you develop that intuition? Because I know some people have it more than others and some people don't have it at all. So how did you do that? Yeah, so it was the overall shift from science-based, logic-based, you know, rationality to increasing my own sense of spirituality, connection to God. And once you realize and read and test, it's not just this bomb I'm believing for no reason. It's having a communication with God, praying and receiving answers back and signs and synchronicities to the point where it's like, this cannot be a coincidence you know there's a higher energy connecting us all and we can interact with that that's all you have to take from that but uh once i understood that read about it in ancient books where they talk about the same principle this stuff has been figured out uh and then testing those principles in my own life and seeing that it worked out better i felt better doing it then that was the evidence that i needed to really insert this into my matrix of understanding of the world and then once I had that, you know, it, it takes a while. I don't want to say that because there are overnight experiences which can turn people from an unbeliever to a believer. Not that it's believing. Sometimes it isn't having, you do have to have faith, but that's a different concept from just believing something with no evidence that it doesn't exist, you know. And if that was the case and if this 3D world was just all I ever experienced and there was no magic, then maybe I would think that, but... I haven't had that experience, so I can't think that. So, yeah, f- switching out from high school and, and college 
and then just having further further experiences once you dive deeper into the awareness and raising my own consciousness and where i was unconscious before it's like peeling back these layers until you just have the direct full connection which i believe is the spiritual right of every human at least that pursues it not every human is going to be conscious enough and aware to get on that journey but once you think oh maybe there is something more out there you've already you know had the first pickaxe digging into this mountain of truth and knowledge and then from there it it just gets stronger and stronger as far as spirituality i feel like a lot of health stuff only like once you get past a certain level of health then you can get to spirituality so do you think that's the case or like things like porn and other things that might be bringing you down spiritually um like what do you think about those kind of things like do you practice semen retention or any other behaviors that kind of meditation or stuff like that that yeah right so along i think to begin with you never want to say oh your health has to be in order before you can be spiritual because again that's just limitations it's like, oh, well, I won't have an experience with God until I'm 10% body fat and got yeah. rid of all my fat or whatever. Insecurities. Uh, and yeah, like that, it can happen at any time, at any point in your life and you just have to be open to it and willing to just, okay, I'm going to see what happens. That being said, it is inevitable uh, to know and understand that the healthier you are, the more purity you have in your physical vessel, the higher level and degree of spiritual energy that you have and connection you have because your vessel is clear there's nothing clogging you up your chakra centers the energy centers that we have that correlate to the spine all of these if our spine is compressed they get blocked this is why yoga is a spiritual practice as well because you're extending the spine you're enabling that energetic channel to occur better and then you get that whole channel to god which opens up because you're improving yourself through exercise Uh, So that's one aspect in which if the body is healthier, you get a more high spiritual connection. Same with food. Like food is intimately, intimately entwined with this stuff because the more toxins you are improving, uh, intaking into your body, the more dead food, overcooked food that you're bringing into your body, you're depleting your body of enzymes, all of these things which contribute to less freedom. Like if your back hurts, you're not going to be able to meditate and things like that. You have to be free as much as possible within your own body and there's also the level of energy like if everything is energy everything is vibrating and at different levels we know this this has been spoken about in esoteric schools of thought uh, and then also you know tesla and and the other physics realm which is quantum physics realm which is coming around to this truth it's like this isn't solid as much as we as much as it appears to be so if we want to align ourselves with the higher levels of energy we ourselves have to be pure and consume things and be in an environment which is a high level of energy and then that enables us to tap into the higher frequencies where we receive information guidance intuition and really it it doesn't like if you actually break it down it's fairly simple it sounds woo woo uh and it would have done and sounded that way to me before but if you just understand it simply like that is that there are these wavelengths going at all the time but we're just vibrating at a slow enough level that we can't see it or perceive it and then when we do things like meditate cleanse purify the body good food sunlight ocean water minerals 
our levels of energy go up and it's like a radio tuning into a different frequency. And then boom, we get these things that come into our brain, which is a receiver uh, for all the information that we get, um, including our thoughts. So that's how I see that. Do you think like the whole world can kind of elevate their consciousness and that would rub off on everyone else? Yes. Because I feel like as more people get into the idea of themselves and kind of elevating themselves, it's just kind of like a ripple effect where you help the person below you and you continue to do that. So how do you think you can help more people along the way? Like what's your next step for helping more? Yeah, well, really the biggest bang for my buck in terms of my primary directive, make people healthier and elevate the world's consciousness. That's ultimately what everyone should be striving for. And that can manifest in so many different ways in this physical plane. But if that's your prime directive, whether you do that through business, through entertainment, through knowledge, coaching, service to others is the, you know, the overarching thing. Uh, And if I increase someone else's consciousness with a bit of content, then they're going to improve their family's consciousness because they're going to be operating at a higher energetic level. They're going to be less angry, less upset, less sad. They're going to be happier and then spread that. And it's like, if you smile at someone, just a stranger, big smile, big, big smile, like see Luke just smiled there like that from me saying that. And then if you can spread that to a few different people, that totally shifts the pathway of their day and the butterfly effect of that kind of thing and that attitude is to bring others up in whatever way, leave people, leave everyone that you encounter better off than when you found them, I think is a really good uh, directive to operate on. And I try to do that through the content that I share, the information that I share, also just having fun and being a silly goose uh, at the same time. That's awesome. I love how you like post all your meals and kind of everything you're doing so I could see exactly. It's, it's fun being around you and seeing how much you kind of put out to the world like good stuff as far as the cooking you're doing, like the time you are outside. But do you think that ever like the amount of time you have to spend on your phone like has a detriment to like your spiritual growth? Because I feel like for myself, if I spend too much time on my phone, it's almost, I don't know if that's just another limiting belief, but at times, like, even though I might be posting stuff that's good content, I feel like it kind of has a detriment. Yeah, so it's definitely a risk. And if I look at it objectively, the amount of time that I spend creating and posting is not an issue. It's the extra scrolling and reading and consuming that is the issue because one is energetic output of usually good stuff and I know that it's moving the needle a little bit in terms of uh, my mission and my businesses but when you when I go to create something or post something and then I get sucked into a little timeline scroll or whatever it is that can add up throughout the day and that because I'm just receiving things is always gonna like you can be on your phone posting, making money from it, outputting, that's all good. But then you can also be on your phone and consuming. So it's like the same action, but it's got a different result. It's got a different input. It's got a different output. And it, it's kind of hard to say like phone use, but if it's good phone use that I don't feel 
like I've wasted time. I don't feel like it affects my brain negatively aside from like, you know, I wear blue light blocking glasses if I'm working at night. But in general, because that consumption creation distinction is what affects me spiritually more. Than, and I st- still am guilty of that, you know. Uh, it, it, it happens just the nature of the addiction, the addictive nature of our phones and being on all the time. Maybe there is an argument that if I hadn't spent as much time on my phone over the last few years, engaging with people on Twitter, answering DMs, building the brand in those subtle ways, it might be a little different to what I am today. Uh, but I also, I never have issues with my sleep. I feel good all the time. And if you're using your phone as we have been doing, like you're out and about in the sun, we're still surfing nearly three hours a day, cooking and all the rest of it. Like there's enough within that day that's good, wholesome, contributive that the little bit of excess phone use doesn't really make a dent. But I would definitely say and round that out with most people using their phones too much if they're taking it and using it every day. Most people aren't, creating and producing during that time they're consuming so the i would say the majority of people the advice would be yeah use it less because the consumption you're allowing energies into you that you might not necessarily want Uh, especially with you mentioned porn and things like that like they are fairly evil demonic influences encoded into pixels and all the rest of it and you know even a beheading video that pops up in your timeline like if you have some sus retweets or whatever like that can you know we've all been there on on sites as a teenager i've seen those videos but some people can affect them because it's a horrible piece of content that they've just they're in that kind of subconscious relaxed state of scrolling and then boom that comes into you like that is an energetic attack in some ways and you can shrug it off it doesn't matter no big deal we're all big boys but the concept that with repetitive overall throughout the day use following people that might not have the best energy themselves and consuming their content will have a marked difference on how you feel uh perform and all the rest of it how you think do you ever consider the fact that every single time you're posting though someone else is having to like view that content themselves so they might probably just be scrolling and not actually posting themselves and no okay no because unless they have post notifications on and like i don't think the extra soul bra content is going to be the reason that they go and scroll like it's it's two distinct things maybe maybe but uh i hope well, that also uh, to the with that it's like you're competing against some other thing that might actually be like demonic. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So do you ever view it from that perspective? Like, hey, like they're gonna get an extra picture of food, but it's a home cooked meal versus someone, I don't know, doing something bad. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And that's why I think people are going to consume content at mass, majority of people glued to their phones. That's not something, if I had a button, I could change that, I would, but it's, I don't. So we have to look at every situation as to how am I going to get the most good out of this with the current circumstances as they are and context how it is. Well, if everyone's viewing their phone, wouldn't it be better if there was a force for, if they were to watch it, 
it would improve their life. It would improve their knowledge. It would at least be a, a drop in the ocean for the good guys and the, and the good information rather than the degenerate, stupid, like dopamine frying majority of TikTok stuff that's out there. Uh, and I see that as a win. And like, that's why I see like all the health influencers that put out stuff online that I see helping people each and every day is, is worth, you know, so, so much, even amongst the group that, you know, we follow on Twitter and Instagram, like the network effect, the butterfly effect of all the different people sharing their own points of view is incalculable. And I think all of that outweighs, you know, the negatives of posting content or we have to fight back in a little way. Otherwise we're just with this, these masses of people that kind of just follow the trend will then just make the trend healthy and then they all go towards that. It's a very small amount of people that you actually need to have be standing upright, speaking honestly for the truth and convincing people that say this is an idea is a good idea. It's a very small amount of people, small amount of the population that you need to stand up and do that for the masses to follow. It's not like you have to convince 100% of people. It's a lot smaller of a faction and that starts with influencing the mainstream narrative and as we have been doing and doing great things um, in providing an alternative source of information that people can see, oh, I'm sick after following the mainstream health advice that my doctor gave me for months and months. Maybe I should go out in the sun more and then I'll see how that goes. Then they feel better and then they try new things and X, Y, Z goes on and on. Providing an alternative to the mainstream narrative is essential. And if you do that, maybe get labeled a conspiracy theorist or whatever, but I, I like that term because it usually means I'm on onto something good. <laughs> I also think like with what you said, like posting content and that's content that they wouldn't be viewing otherwise. Like we wouldn't have been able to do the whole event had you not had like a business run. Yeah. As far as hiking up a mountain we did with 12 total people yeah and then that whole connection and obviously future ones like that so do you view like in-person events from online being the future for your business and other businesses yeah i mean posting content is one thing and getting dms where people have said that you've changed their lives forever is incredible it doesn't hit the same as being in a room full of people um and enjoying an experience a new experience, a challenging experience with them and forming bonds that is just not as cemented as uh, in, in, in real life experiences are. It's just the way it is. And I found that I've been, you know, meeting up with people from Twitter and other people that I've connected with online in real life. And it always is, you know, 10 times, 100 times better. It's just the way that it is. And it's absolutely should be the future. It's absolutely the future for what I'm going to do in January, end of January. Uh, I'm setting up a another soul expedition to some ancient Mayan ruins in Mexico. And that's going to be, I think, about 25 people. So all in one big kind of resort style. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of great stuff. Get some guest speakers in, soul lifestyle, all of that. But you know, I, I get excited thinking about it because I think about the 12 that we had uh, on that group and then how everyone just meshed together so well 
and then okay well what if you bring 25 people well what if you bring 50 people to the same place like the the network effect of that is is absolutely insane especially when it's grouped around my value system which i've tried to create so that it empowers the most people like that's what i want to put out in the value system that i try to adhere to and then if you have all the people meeting in one place that are already selected by values then it's it's you eliminate so much of the oh hey how you going i'm bill i'm john cool cool what do you like oh i don't like that cool and then it's like okay the social interaction is good but it hasn't really gotten anywhere but if you're already in one spot uh, and it doesn't have to be a solo expedition. It could be any any place that you you know group and organize with people with like minds. And farmers markets, I like that. Uh, saunas, saunas yeah. Yeah, to, anything that's like health related might as well, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm super excited about that next event, and just excited how uh, these things are going to evolve in general. Because yeah, it it absolutely online has its place, but in real life is that's where real life is, you know? Yeah. Speaking about that too, I just thought it was pretty funny how like on the event there'd be like, I don't know, certain things like, oh, should I take this medicine? And it's like so based around like health that people are like asking you like, oh, like, should I take this or whatnot? It's just so, yeah, yeah. it was like so uniquely soul bra for the mission. Yeah. yeah. So do you, do you think like sometimes you kind of have such an effect on people that they might think that um they can't really like think for themselves and they're kind of just like following like what you think and like how do you kind of tell them like hey like maybe do your own research because i'm not like 100 percent perfect about well that's that's either. all i can say is you know luckily i have people that will trust me and i've built that trust through figuring out what works for me what's made me healthier and feel better and then just saying things that i believe to be true even if they aren't supported by the mainstream whatever and then if all the stuff that i said or recommended was bs then that would have been found out you know like people they would have felt it did nothing they would not get healthier and then they wouldn't follow me but i feel like part of the reason that i've created the audience i have so far is that it does work the stuff that i talk about and so i i think in in regards to their looking for advice from someone that they trust and that's all it is because it's in the realm of health and i have certain opinions on things which uh maybe they want to check out because you know some people don't even know that the detergent they're using to wash their dishes is bad for them and sometimes you're going to have a bit of detergent left on the plate it's not going to be 100 percent clean every single time uh where there's nothing but water left on the plate and then that goes into your food if you eat off the plate and then it disrupts the gut lining and that may be why you have you know irritable bowel syndrome or things like that like that's a simple thing for me it's like okay don't put detergent on the, what you eat what you put into your body but most people it just it wouldn't have connected that same way yet uh and so there's things like that which i guess people ask me questions for because they haven't ever considered that uh side of things it's also too like just so mainstream to go buy soap like you go up and down the aisles mm-hmm. of the grocery store there's a million bottles of soap and yep. detergent and they're all marketed for you to buy it yeah so i was gonna ask you though when's the last time you had a protein shake <laughs> since you just got into that <laughs> little little yeah incident yeah. if you don't know already fair life core power yeah those 42 grams 42 of grams of protein allegedly uh they have a lot of bad 
ingredients in them, natural flavors. You don't know what kind of chemical that is. Uh, Acesulfame, potassium sulfate, it's like nukes your gut. Same with sucralose, uh, produces cancer. Like there's just a whole lot of garbage in it that it doesn't make sense. I don't believe there's 42 grams of bioavailable protein. Like they just put it on there. And how does that can't compare it to beef or like Well, just like normal milk. Yeah. Normal milk. Even if you don't have raw milk that's local, which is pretty much most Americans can really get it at this point. But if you can't, just get normal high quality milk. Like you don't have to like because it's marketed as a protein shake, it's got a big 42 grams on it on the on the middle and they're like all the artificial flavorings and stuff, carrageenan gum disrupts your gut as well. That's not better for you than just straight milk, even if it's pasteurized, like a good quality grass-fed milk. The milk's going to have way better digestibility, none of the stuff that is going to really poison you in a, in a small way, in a large way over time if you have gut dysbiosis and things like that. Um, as to when I've had a protein shake... It's not often, if at all. And again, so what does protein shake mean? There's several ways. You can have the super processed, plastic bottle, ultra high filtered pasteurized bullshit. Or you can make your own protein shake, raw milk, raw egg yolks, some honey, uh, and maybe add like an unflavored whey and that's it. You know, like that's a protein shake, which I would consume. I don't because I don't travel with protein and I don't believe it's necessary because I just eat normal food. But I'm not against the concept of a protein shake. It's the ingredients that go within. Like if you're trying to put on weight, for sure, make a shake. Put some eggs in it, honey, bananas, dates, whatever you want and go for it. Unflavored whey uh, that's, that's processing it from good cows. It's like, it's, that's a whole food. It's like the dried uh, protein component of milk. That's, you know, or you can just have the milk. But protein powders in general uh, in the bodybuilding world are awful and they have a lot of heavy metals and other things they just don't put on the labels. It's going to nuke your gut. Same goes for all those pre-workout drinks, like the Ghost Energy drinks, all of Ghost's products, really. Uh, all these things that they just chuck wild berry blasts on the container, and there's no real analysis of what's making this wild berry taste. Okay, what is that, and how do they make that? And all of these things, like, no sugar. Okay, but then what do they replace the sugar with? Like sugar's not bad if it's a raw honey or a fruit or, or whatever maple syrup so i don't consume protein shakes in terms of the any of my food i don't consume hyper manufactured things and i think some of the gym culture is that because it's a protein shake it must be healthy but if it's giga manufactured i wouldn't eat the same thing bottled and packaged like that if it was like a orange juice drink or whatever it's not you know that's what i think about them What's your view about eliminating plastic? Like, what are the best ways that you think plastic can be removed from your life? Definitely the most important would be what you drink your water out of most of the time. Once in a blue moon, you want to get some good water at an airport and you only have plastic. I've done that before. You know, Fiji water is a good brand. It's unfortunate they use plastic, but... If you really can't find it, that's not going to matter in the grand scheme of things. It's when you have repeated daily, multiple times a day exposure to plastic where it begins to be something that you would just be better off eliminating and it's really not that much work. Big is another huge one 
uh, for the water bottle. So for the water bottle, change to glass. That's very easy. That's very, very easy for anyone to do. Glass is not expensive. Full stop. Boom. Uh, don't buy your water in plastic. Uh, get a good water filter. Mountain Valley delivers in glass, that kind of thing. Go to a spring with... I When I was at home, I would bring my gallon jugs, gla- gallon glass jugs and fill them up at a spring uh, and then take it home again. You know, that's that's a way to do it. Um, what was the other thing? The, the, yeah, so plastic. plastic. I was thinking polyester too. That was my no. second point is yeah. the second most important is probably wearing plastic on your skin. And some people, a lot of people in the health space will wear polyester yoga pants, polyester Nike dry fit tees, shorts with the inner lining that's plastic polyester blends as well uh, all day, you know, and they're being active outside, getting hot and sweaty, which opens your pores and also heats up the unstable materials that these polyester gym clothes are made from. So you're getting this toxic load constantly all day from the plastics which are a a polymer made from oil into a polyester fiber which they then spin into clothes so you you're having like this oil product petroleum product on you uh endocrine disruptors which are compounds that mimic hormones to mess with our own internal hormonal system they exist in in polyester clothing another thing is to consider because of the nature of clothing rules versus food rules they don't have to mention the other things that go into the production of polyester. Like, what's the material? 100% polyester, cool. But what has that polyester been treated with? Things like fire retardant chemicals because polyester is so flammable. In order to be legally sold, be like not spontaneously combust in a house if it was too close to a heater, is having these flame retardant chemicals sprayed all over them. And then where does that go when you put on that t-shirt? Well, into your body and into your skin. Uh, if you're wearing polyester because it's stretchy for underwear, then you're nuking your testicles. Probably just shouldn't wear underwear. Shouldn't wear underwear. I haven't worn underwear in years. Go free. Yeah, but yeah, like but loose cotton boxes, you can you know you can wear those. Whatever. Uh, another thing is for women who are on their health grind and things it's great but you're wearing a polyester sports bra polyester lululemon leggings that are directly next to your reproductive organs the breasts uh, and uh and the vagina and things and you're absorbing chemicals these plastic chemicals which disrupt your chemicals uh your hormone system all day and you think you're being healthy and it's like i get it you're not aware yet just as i used to have polyester gym clothes but it really is a big thing that kind of flies under the radar because it's not directly related to movement or eating specifically but anything that's on your skin in your environment is going to be absorbing into your body in some way and my perspective on it is okay now we know this let's not worry about it let's not get upset about it just make the conscious decisions to wear clothes that don't have that problem to make the small changes so that you're drinking from glass water bottle now from now on and it's very easy to do that Another big one that people should look out for is polyester in their bed sheets. If you're sleeping naked, which I recommend uh, for temperature, re- temperature regulation, but you're sleeping in polyester sheets, one, they're super flammable, so it's dangerous. Two, you're absorbing and heating and sweating in 
a plastic bag all night, which is uh, not advisable. You wouldn't do that if it was an actual plastic bag. It's pretty much the same thing. It just looks prettier. Uh, yeah, that's plastic for you. One of the things I'm thinking about with just all these things is obviously they're a little bit more expensive. And being around sometimes, you, you've... Not necessarily. But I don't know. Going. I feel like sometimes with like glass water instead of... Spring water's free. Yeah, it's true. But I, I know your I point. Know. I know your point. But like a lot of this stuff is more expensive if you're going to get like, I don't know, specific soap to wash your dishes with. It's going to probably be a little bit more. I don't know. You know what I'm saying. In but general, like, there's ways there's about, doing about doing it. Doing like it's, it's yeah. often, it's, it's like buying organic foods can be more expensive than conventional correct. normally correct. and grass fed meat. And yes. so like when you're spending that extra money, one of the things I've noticed around you is you kind of tell me like, hey, it's going to come back. So is that something that you always had no, no. as far as money? And like, how did you cultivate a good relationship with money? Yeah, so I don't think that there's a way that you can just have a good mindset relationship with money and spend all that you want and then instantly just get it back. Like I had to wait until I had the vehicle of my businesses for that to really be able to function. It definitely functions and you shouldn't view spending as this negative thing all the time. So there's two distinctions. One was when I had a salary job. You have a set amount of money coming in. So if your expenses go up, you have less money overall, yeah, and therefore you have less freedom. When I swapped to working my own business, I could be like, okay, well, I wanna do this and afford this. I'll just bring on another coaching client. Uh, problem solved. Then I can afford it. You don't have that freedom when you have employment job unless your you know performance uh, somehow affects your salary, which is good. Uh, you know, if you get more sales, you get paid more. So that's one way to have a, a job. But still, that freedom and that the limitations of money uh, will prevent you from making a risky investment, perhaps. And sometimes that's good. You don't want to make risky investments, but um, it's it's understanding that more so that money will come and it will go and it's not yours to hold it's it's really a, a form of energy and i've spent money to put back in my business and buy stock and experiment with things make videos make vlogs uh, buying equipment for everything like that should never be a limitation of what money you want to spend because you're doing it to facilitate growth and if you can spend money if you spend money to facilitate your own personal growth, your health, other people's success, then I believe that that energetically is going to come back to you in some way, whether through it's the goodwill you cultivate, it's through increasing your own energetic level, which enables you to have better opportunities financially, uh, you just being happier and enjoying your life more. Or you can spend money by popping bottles in the club on things that don't matter to impress other people whatever it is like these material trappings and i like material things sometimes i do buy things that sometimes would be frivolous but it's only when it really speaks to me and i believe and again it's like my money is going out to this business which has made something really cool that i feel like i want to have and would derive enjoyment from and now my money is facilitating their life it's not that I've lost this money and me because we're all connected. And so viewing it in that way where it's like this energetic share 
and knowing that, okay, this guy's giving me this for health coaching. Well, I'm going to give this for a really nice wooden desk. And it's this kind of, you're a point of contact for all these bits of money. Then also spending time to create more vehicles through which money can come into you. You know, the, the best businesses are ones that improve people's lives because they're, you're going to have repeat customers and you're providing a service for people that they value and if you're increasing the amount of good in the world because we're all connected you'll be rewarded energetically for that so if i make clothes that people really enjoy are comfortable they're not polyester they can wear them in the gym like that's a good service to people then we get money for selling the shorts and so it's that kind of value exchange that i've experienced and not viewing money as just this thing like for me and then i save it all because i'll get money i'll lose money lose uh, to the point where it just flows. And, and I think it's really primarily the first thing is understanding that money, like money doesn't grow on trees. Yes, it does. You know, instead like you could go harvest a tree for wood or something and then you have firewood. It's like, it does kind of grow on trees all around you. Everything costs money and it's just a measure of this energy flow and understanding it from that perspective rather than just gold coins. I mean, gold's, also understand that our money right now is bs like it's number it's pixels on a screen if those if that information wipes from your hard drive for most people their savings is it's, it's nothing including mine you know unless i have particular hard assets which is do you have like bitcoin or anything like that yeah i got bits of crypto it's not a focus of mine it's more so putting back into the business uh and things but like understanding that it's all also a mirage in some way uh if you read into the central banks and the fractional lending it's not backed by anything anymore it used to be backed by gold but now it's just they print as much money as they want so i find a fundamental flaw in worrying so much about something that is like that it's more treating it with like a yeah it's it's some money it's a bit more money something is slightly more expensive than the other option but i know i'm gonna enjoy it more and that's giving other people employment and it's not like if the number isn't going up on the screen which it still does i'm not like spending all my money uh then that's the end of the world world. (laughs) yeah i understand what you're saying Yeah. yeah how have you been able to build your audience do you think it's purely through like your energetical um kind of output you put into the world or more so like information based like do you think it's both for sure there's uh you can do all types of content you can do the attention grabbing shorter stuff which i would argue is less intellectual uh that grabs the mainstream view more so algorithm favors it and then you can also do the deeper in-depth things like this podcast where people sit down and really absorbing the nuanced perspective of stuff and i don't think there needs to be any one style that you adhere to maybe there's styles you prefer uh, and somewhat you can systemize things but i attribute my growth to consistency each day every day i've been putting out something for close to four years now and the output that you put out like the more pieces of content you put out the more lottery tickets you're buying if the lottery ticket is some degree of virality which attaches 
attaches new audiences to you and then you're able to sell somewhat to that at a later date like that's how these things work so the output is important plus the more output that you have just like any skill that you're practicing the better you'll get at it and that goes for writing tweets it goes for making aesthetic posts whatever it is videos learning how to speak to people online uh the more you do it the the better you'll get at it so it's both consistency discipline practice and also the energetics with which that i put out it seems like content has what it says and what it, what you hear from it but then there's also this underlying vibe which is true of all communication and if you are reading someone's content it just feels off and it's like oh i get a weird vibe from this you're picking up on something again going back to the heart uh, and your intuition if you're in a bad spot negatively i've seen this happen where people might say something that's slightly controversial but it will just because they were angry when they said it or they replied in a harsher tone than really like was was met um that will come back with a lot more hate and so it's interesting that the actual context may not have been that outrageous but in a certain energetic tone you get this reaction much more than you would have if you're like i'll chill out for a bit and then i'll post whatever it is i was gonna post same with good content if you're just in this amazing happy place you could put out a tweet which is like man the sun's great today (laughs) and it'll you know bang because people go wow i really feel like i don't know what it is but i'm feeling the sunlight through that uh and that's interesting how words work as encoders of information uh through content which is very interesting but uh you always have to have that in mind when you're making content is how is this going to make people feel with what energy am i creating this uh and then am i doing enough and getting better at it are there ever times where you feel like you're not progressing or like you kind of like i don't know staying stagnant or feeling like a decline and that does ever like rub off you think on your content like make your content a little bit worse you find periods of declining views or something like that yeah there's there's definitely a feeling of when i'm forcing content and then at that point, I know that I should just go do something else. And maybe usually that comes with like three days of consistent output or filming or whatever it is. And then it just doesn't really hit the same. Uh, so I'll go and do something else where I don't really create much um, for two days. Go do stuff in real life, travel, go walk around. And then inevitably I have ideas and experiences to come back to, which is again, another benefit of traveling is new experiences, new environments. Um but other than that, I don't think it's really something that I, yeah, in terms of like backslides, uh, I definitely like sometimes there's a, the road of improvement is up and then down a little, then up to a higher peak and then down a little. And it always goes like that. And it, over years, that's what you want. That's good. But it's not going to be like every single day isn't up. You'll have days where you inevitably like I'm not. I'm never eating McDonald's or backsliding in that re- response in that uh, respect. But I do have days where like maybe my physique isn't as on point as it was a week ago because the priorities have shifted, different circumstances in general. But also, 
being disciplined with my supplements and lifting and the natural way of life while I am still traveling has enabled me, I think, have a pretty upwards trajectory in terms of mobility, physicality, uh, output, and all the rest of it that I don't necessarily have too many days where I feel down or feel bad. I was sick recently. Uh, I was experiencing detoxification symptoms recently, should I say, uh, around the full moon, which that was really interesting. The last full moon, lots of people online in the health space that never get sick, myself included, were very sick or very like experiencing some level of illness. And one of the theories was this was a particularly strong full moon uh, in terms of parasites. So if you have parasites acting up, dying off, releasing waste, you experience that as, oh, I feel I feel a bit sick and down. And for me, it was uh, snotty nose and, you know, mucus and things. And I was still fine to hike up and down mountains. That's when I was in New York and at Irondacks. So I wasn't feeling like down and sick. It was just congestion. But that congestion for me was worse than I've had it for a long time. And it's very curious that, that the similarities of, so many people online, you know, you can go back on my profile and see the tweet I made about it where people are replying and relaying their stories. That's not, to me, it's not, oh, I caught a cold and this person caught a cold and this person caught, like, I don't believe in that model anymore. I think it's more sense of a, a macro level, full moon seemed to be the time for everyone. But yeah. Other than that, I've I've got a pretty streamlined upwards trajectory where I feel like I'm discovering new ways to move my body, more flexible, uh, look better um, because of my discipline to living the natural healthy lifestyle while I have been working and everything else. How do you try to lower your stress as far as throughout the day and at night getting into like rest and what's your like wind down period before bed sure so i would always say that i've i've never particularly felt a stressed person even from a younger age um a lot of that is when your health goes you begin to feel stress like a lot of the emotions that we feel are our body trying to subconsciously communicate something to us that it only knows how to send an emotional signal. So you'd be like, I'm stressed, I'm upset, I'm anxious. That is a message from the body that something isn't right. If you have your micronutrients, you have your minerals, your circadian rhythm is optimized, you've had good sleep, you've got good toxin detox, you don't feel anxious unless it's a particular challenging, scary scenario in which case the anxiousness is more just a high level of awareness because you're in high stimulation uh, time. And it's not that, like if you're stressed before bed, one, it could be you've optimized everything, but you're still in an environment in a job you hate with people that annoy you. And then it's like, yeah, you're probably going to be more stressed than usual if you stay in that environment. For most people, it's probably too much blue light not enough sunlight, not enough fresh air, not enough good water, clean food, drinking things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all of these things, supplements, some things, some micronutrients uh, that really make a difference in terms of anxiety and depression um, or stress. Like if you feel stressed all the time, maybe you worked out too hard for too many days. Like 
there are a lot of contextual factors for me though my nighttime routine would be some level of stretching stretching is a great tool to relieve physical stress you know yin yoga is one of my favorites um physical stress again if your muscle is tight across one of the energetic centers or just a muscle itself holding tension that will manifest as anxiety in your in your brain and then you're like why am i anxious oh because you haven't moved your hips or glutes in all day um so i like to do a bit of stretching i'll have some kind of relaxing tea chamomile i'll uh, i'll turn all the lights off apart from candles which i think is really important your light environment again i'm feeding blue light all the time like that's stressful to have you ever looked in like a strong artificial blue light after being in darkness like that's a stressor on the body so if you want to do stress you can change your light environment having a fireplace is a very anti-stress kind of tool candles being the same so getting your light environment chill uh you can light some incense sage palo santo set the vibe uh reading and then stretching is is a pretty good way to holistically de-stress before you head into sleep sounds like something along the lines that i've been doing yeah. but yeah if you had to have one kind of advice for someone that's starting on maybe they're really overweight really stressed or some sort of negative health outcome right now what would you say immediate changes they need to make to get started or sources of information as well that you would recommend that they right so it's hard to give advice when you don't know the contextual uh environment like if if they're too fat i would say a di- different thing to if they're too skinny so general advice would be too fat actually but, well, okay so it's contextually different but the advice is also going to be the same for the most part apart from some key tweaks so it's like get more sunlight uh less blue light that will help both the person that's too fat and also the person that's too thin uh eat high quality nutritious foods until you're not hungry um that's going to help the person that's thin and also the person that's fat and then there are small micro things like optimizing your sleep it's going to make the underweight person heavier and it's going to make the overweight person less fat so sleep is like the meta thing but i could only really offer general tips but most people need more sunlight and less blue light most people need to cut out any garbage artificial stuff some people need to be most people need to be walking more uh some people need to be need to stop lying to themselves in their head that can be one of the biggest sources of stress that is not external that's all internal really any mental stress is self-imposed like knowing the truth of something and lying to yourself about it and rationalizing things like you know you shouldn't be in a particular job because you hate it but lying like oh you know it's good for this reason and oh, it's actually not a big deal all of that goes away and that mental stress which i had for years goes away when you start acting in alignment with your real self and you know that really satisfied feeling of going to bed spent knowing that you you know you may have you may be fat but if you've gone to bed you've eaten well all day you've hit a workout 
and got some sun and that was way better than yesterday, then you feel good, right? Like you've, you feel a sense of improvement and when you have hope in that improvement, you have the energy and the faith to keep going. So I guess the, the most general advice I would say to people is just do a little bit better than yesterday. And if you didn't do better than yesterday, then that's okay. The next day is a new day and you can do better that day. And if you stack as many days as that in a row as possible, the quicker change will happen and the quicker you'll feel better. And then really the, the higher up you get in terms of the health ring, the more lax you can be with it because you've already attained that level of health in general. So that's really like something to look forward to. Not that you go back to bad habits and things, but there's less of this surmounting task at hand. And so, yeah, if you're fat, <laughs> that's, your, that's your jam. Do you think that's one of the things people kind of get wrong about health is that you can't do all these things as far as they might be a little bit judgmental, but it's only because they're in the beginning aspect. Whereas, yeah, since they're beginning, they have to get this stuff in order and in a right place. Because for you, like you already have your diet completely dialed in. So it's not thinking, oh, I need to eat a good meal to make up for all the bad meals you've already done because you've already stacked like all these good meals. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that's like kind of like the rookie health mistake to think like everything has to be so like rigid and neurotic? Um, sorry, I guess I'm not really answer asking a question no, no, here, but do you think you're better off like in the beginning, like kind of being more strict? 100%, or, 100% like, yeah. Because it's the same principle is the you have to learn the rules first so that you can break the rules and that's true for any professional context like a master quarterback could probably throw in a way that if you taught a beginner to throw like that he would just mess it up but the quarterback has so much nuance nuance of when and how to throw and has so much skill in all the other different circumstances that he can make it work same with eating properly you know if you've eaten so well for so many years, it's not going to throw you out to have, like, I don't even believe in like the cheat meal or whatever, but say you fail on your diet, you have a bunch of alcohol, things like that. That's not going to throw him out to the degree that it may throw out a beginner who's struggled with alcohol, struggled with fast food, and then has it once and is more likely to tr trigger a binge eat or whatever it is, throw him off less motivation for the workout the next day. Same kind of principle. So being more rigid and disciplined at the start, same with getting your business zero to one, as I mentioned earlier, getting your body zero to one in terms of fat to fit is the same thing. The earlier, the more disciplined you can be in a row by yourself in that grind mode is pretty much what you have to do initially. Learn the calories of everything so that you understand how much you're taking in roughly and then you don't need to calorie count anymore. I haven't done that in years and I just eat intuitively and manage to put on weight and stay slim and all the rest of it. Uh, so yeah, you can, there's both. Speaking of like kind of helping people when they're getting started, what do you think is the best way to like help kids who are trying to get, not trying to get healthy, but establish from the, the beginning that they're going to be health conscious and not have to fix something down the road, but just have them be healthy right away. What's the best way that they could do that for kids to do that? Like how old, like what's the best way for like. I don't know. Yeah, like if you basically if they were your kids, like how right. would you kind of facilitate that? Because a lot of this stuff, as far as having to get vaccines when they go to school, having to be exposed to 
snacks and birthday parties where they're bringing yeah. in cake and movie theaters and yeah. all that. Um, I guess you could either say like how you would do it yourself or how you would recommend yeah. someone else who might not be as one. Yeah. So anything that's going to be good for us that I talk about in terms of health is going to be good for a kid growing up. Same foods, same outside in the sun, grounding, barefoot, all of that we kind of we forget as we go into adulthood and we're conditioned by society like kids know how to be healthy they eat dirt and things like microbiome maxing uh so i would just try and keep that same mentality with with them and in terms of i'm never ever getting any vaccines for any of my kids full stop i'll have a home birth if that's necessary uh probably will have a home birth i want to have a home birth with dolphins anyway so that'll probably not need to be not at home but somewhere in the ocean um but that's a side point so no vaccines because the heavy metals all the other garbage that's injected into your kid as a newborn is just absurd that to think that some pharmaceutical bio sludge that hasn't been proven even if it was proven by okay so who's paying for the studies oh the company that wants to sell that thing oh cool that's going to be unbiased <laughs> you know um but the heavy metals themselves like these are things that lead to really bad complications in in kids mentally and physically and likely as a result of the higher you know death rates of kids sudden infant death syndrome whatever yeah it's sudden infant death syndrome not to mention what we injected them with six things two days ago you know it's crazy so doing that i think sets would set them up uh for a good good path facilitating whatever their own internal direction is what are they interested in nurturing that giving them a broad spectrum of activities to try um i believe that some private schools are good would make sure that, that was in order or homeschool you know if i'm if i'm able to do that in the day that, that all happens and otherwise keeping it quite similar like the less you have to do as such and the more you can just release to nature and, and being healthy in that way is the way to go in terms of food and, and living i haven't asked you about training so i'm gonna have to ask you one question about that yeah. as far as training throughout the day you do a lot of like just random stuff as far as like picking up logs and <laughs> doing pull-ups <laughs> mandatory pull-ups and yeah. stuff so is that something that you think everyone should just do 100 and also how often do you think like the novice should train versus someone who's more advanced yeah so as i think going through life with a playful eye with everything in terms of how you can move your body test your body increase the strength strength of your body to the point where if i see a log at a beach and it looks you know vaguely carryable i'll try and carry it because all of these awkward motions that are more real life than the gym is with a dumbbell dumbbells barbells fantastic i've used them for years and years there's an aspect of physicality <clears throat> that i have developed and muscularity and control of my body from doing things like climbing a tree one-handed you have to balance here use your legs there like all of those movements would never ever happen in a just at a pull-up bar so that natural movement that happens from being out in nature is very very key and especially lifting things like a log or a stone 
in all the various different ways that we did it. It's not one exercise as such, but it does hit so many different muscles just from being out and about, same as from playing sports. Actually trying to do a sport, whatever that is, all the different planes of movement involved, uh, that is hand-eye coordination. All of that is testing a lot of things which you don't get from the gym. So whenever I see an opportunity to do something like that, I'm on it because I know if you don't use it, you'll lose it. In terms of aging, in terms of mobility, if you just let yourself fall into these entrenched lines of pattern that you know i'm going to the gym i do this movement and eventually your body forgets how to do these other things where what you'll see is 50 year olds who have never jumped over a fence in 20 years and they forget they their muscles forget how to do it and then they'll stack it say i don't want to be like that i want to be mobile to the point where i'll just randomly jump over things in in my house or out and about uh because I can or because I want to tr- try and, and testing myself as well is, is a big theme of all these things. Physicality is one of them. Is like, I wonder if I could jump like two meters. In, so it was like a long jump over a, a little stream or something and I'll try it. And sometimes I fail. And uh, that's also a good experience as well. <laughs> um, frequency in training for the novice. I would say everyone can train three times a week and see gains. Um, the novice who hasn't done anything before, I would tell them to train one particular body part, do one set of each exercise, three exercises, and that's it. If that, and they're operating from nothing. I guess the general principle would be you have to slowly ramp up the toughness of your workouts to the point where it's like, okay, last week I did this for chest. I'm going to do a little bit better than that, 5% more or 1% more than what you did last time for chest. And again, that cycle of improvement. If you went to the gym twice this week as a novice and last week you went zero times, awesome. You're progressing and you don't have to go six times a week as a novice. Again, it's those little increments and improvements which are more sustainable in the long term to the point where, yeah, if you play around with your intensity then you can go even as an advanced person twice a week, three times a week. I don't believe that that's the best path. I don't do that. Uh, I believe it's probably more beneficial to have slightly higher frequency uh, and a little bit less intensity so you can still facilitate that level with your recovery and everything uh, because it's more frequently that you are engaging in physical activity, which is in itself like a benefit. Maybe if you're doing cardio as well frequently, then it's different. But for me higher frequency even that is like four times a week that i'm heavily lifting or sometimes not even heavy but lifting decently and then the rest of the day or the rest of the week just implementing more training sessions in general but movement sessions hitting the bag getting on the sun too getting out in the sun surfing things like that which are all moving the needle in that way but they aren't necessarily contributing to the frequency of gym sessions that you're having yeah so i think that that's probably one of the keys to your success online too because you have all those times where you're out and about doing random exercise that you yeah. post about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, thank you for coming on, Sol. My pleasure, Luke. Pleasure. Thank you so yeah. much. Hey, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. 
please leave a five-star review if you did as well. This video is on YouTube as well. If you're watching on any of the podcast services, please go over there, check it out on video and get in touch with me on Twitter, Instagram. Um, Twitter's the Luke Lammy and Instagram's Luke Lammy. If you want to know anything about my time in Costa Rica, hanging out with Solbra or just anything in general about health. Peace.